Are you Hispanic? My, is, I'm Mexican. I'm full blown Mexican. Are you? So am I. I, I, know, I know I'm pretty white, but you know. I thought you were white. You probably thought I was Middle Eastern or something I, or yeah, Italian. I thought Italian. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. I literally, when I was kind of telling him a little bit about you, uh, I was going to say, I was like, y'all actually have pretty similar personalities, but I was like, you know what? I'll just let you make that decision. We'll see, yeah, but the more that, you guys yeah. talk, I'm like, wow, you guys are really similar people. Yeah, I want to hang out with this guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, insane, man. Uh, good Joel, people. right? Yes, sir. What's your last name? Olivas. Oh, yeah, you are Mexican. <laughs> yeah. We should have started with that. <laughs> I don't speak any Spanish. The uh, The most Spanish that I speak is uh, Taco Bell. Oh, well. So I can I can order, I can navigate a menu at Taco Bell, but that's about it. Burrito, taco, baño. Mi español es muy malo. Chimichanga. You know, very authentic. Chimi- yeah, the most, right? <laughs> right. Uh, hey, man, diaspora is real. So <laughs> right. I'm, I'm from El Paso. Uh, are you really? Originally, and so... Um, yeah, it's a very, it's a very bi-national experience growing up. I had family in Mexico and Juarez and then my immediate family in El Paso. Uh, but we were going over like every single weekend to Juarez, like growing up, that was like go to school, um, in the U S and then just go socialize and hang out in Mexico. So it was like, uh, I actually didn't actually fully become fluent in English until I was like seven. Oh, wow. Well, you could have fooled me. You sound great. Yeah. Like I can't yeah. detect Definitely an accent. Like tell you what, actually, well, that, that's college for you. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. oh, I got as you. soon as I moved up here, yeah. oh, we started already. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because okay. right. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, like, I should, are we, should I are save we this right now? Are we currently podcasting? Um, no, when I uh, moved from El Paso to Denton for, uh, I went to UNT to do uh, jazz. Guitar, to do jazz? Guitar. Oh, wow. Wow. And uh, but I got chewed up and spit out of that program, man. It was uh, intense. But when I got here, I experienced like a huge culture shock uh, for me as like the culture of the DFW is like very white compared to what I was used to. In it was very Americanized. Yeah, yeah. Right? I don't want to like throw white like that. It's very Americanized. Um, uh, but like in a Caucasian way. <laughs> it's so interesting that you say that because you know I, mean? I feel like coming from like Roy City Rockwall where it is very white. Yeah. Coming to Dallas, I was like, well, I went to Commerce, Texas for college, and which was not white. It was like a good little melting pot. And I would say probably Dallas is a little bit more whiter than that, but it's still better than Roy City, Texas. I mean, that's like extremes, right? Yeah. Or, or that's because it's very much like they were that the heart of that community. And in El Paso, it's the heart of like the older Mexico side of the community of Texas, which Texas is like, you know, was Mexico, but a lot of the Mexicans here, like, I mean, it's, it became a culture of like, not codependency, but you know, co-growth, like it it got very mixed up, especially like spiritually and things like that. Like a lot of religion (laughs) and Tex-Mex. She's always thinking about food. I'm not going to lie. Tex-Mex. You don't like it? Man, I'm, being from the border like that, the yeah, first time true. I went to Chewy's, I was like, "Yeah, Chewy's." I remember what the heck? <laughs> uh, people would talk up Chewy's so much, and so w- the first time I went in there, I was like, I, "This is going to be the greatest Mexican food I've ever tasted," and it's not that great. I'd honestly yeah. rather go to On the Border, quite frankly. I was literally thinking that I was like, "On the Border," got my heart. See, like those things, yeah. Even like that was part of the huge shock for me culturally really? when I first hear because it's like, okay, let's get Mexican food. <laughs> right? It's Taco and, Bell. Uh, and- <laughs> oh, no, Taco Bell. Hey, look, I've <laughs> with Taco Bell. Like, always. You know, approved it, by approved the Mexican Approved by all, all of us, yes. No, like, <laughs> nobody's hating on Taco Bell. Like, okay. <laughs> they do their job well, you know? <laughs> but um, there's that other element of, um, I don't know, I guess it's just that switch of, like, on the border, 
like the salsa is different the tortillas are different like it's it's like non-spicy and it's very like it's it's that text part but the the cultural shock for me was like thinking like expecting uh just the way that people communicate and i had an accent right and at the time it was like 2011 when i first moved uh to this area and let's just say it was a lot less pc I okay. think than than it was like the, interesting, very much so. And then I found myself uh, gra- like kind of because I grew up in a very Christian environment, and it was a uh, uh, like I was a worship leader and everything. So moving to out here, I kind of ended up bumping into some circles that were like in the fraternity type of vibe, and I experienced like a lot of like pretty crappy, like you know, just like racist sort of like things as far as like oh like uh, beaners and stuff like it was like dudes Were they from doing like that towards you fort worth yeah i i totally rushed a fraternity okay confession like you would never expect me to do that right well, first of all what's cake what what it, kind of fraternity it was like a what was it called um you don't even remember the name of your fraternity? no state of kai what is it called the the uh interfraternal IAC or something like that i don't like, know man i don't i forget what for it's for a second called. there i thought you said you were rushing a hispanic no, fraternity. no, it okay. was Theta Chi. It was like the the white ones, right? What I'm confused about is, in my opinion, you look pretty, you're pretty white presenting. Like, I don't think that you look very Hispanic when you see you. So, like, w- did you just, like, come out and, like, you were, like, telling them, like, yeah, I'm from El Paso. Like, this is my culture. Like, well, why well he was complaining about the Mexican food. I, and then well, that's that, when I knew. Yeah, <laughs> that's what that happened. The cover was yeah. blown. But um, also the way I spoke actually was a little, a lot oh, more. Yeah, that's that's right. kind of where like, yeah. Oh, I got like, you. Oh my God, it sounds like you speak, like you've been t- talking forever. I was just, I, uh, you know, I was a choir singer. Like, I mean, I, I did all that stuff in, in high school as a teenager. So with choir, you'd learn a lot about enunciation sure. uh, the singing because you're always singing in foreign languages as well yeah. like mm. like uh, a lot of the pieces that we did were uh it was like Rachmaninoff uh it was like uh, and I mean Italian like all these like operas it's all in Italian nice. uh and uh you know the Russian stuff which is Rachmaninoff was the particularly one that I remember it was a whole thing man but uh you learn a lot about um how to shape your uh, words words and yeah. your your the, like accenting and uh, bless you thank you and your like uh, they're, they're I avoid that blessing na- <laughs> avoided <laughs> yeah <laughs> um it's like the the nasal accent like you, the nasal pressure that you put on to enunciate certain words and things like that and that yeah. helped me very much to like almost be my own st- speech therapist to like learn like oh my god like <laughs> bro yeah He's talking like, like a white girl as frat as f- yeah it's like you know and at the time you know i mean i was definitely finding a lot of insecurities as a young teenager very pretty much like what the hell what am i doing (laughs) who am i uh so searching for uh validation and inclusion was like definitely the reason i joined that and i put a lot of effort into fitting in yeah to the what i perceived at the time to be like the privilege uh, thing of America, the American privilege dream, right? Is like, that why you wanted to join a frat? You thought it would like make you more privileged? I, I think, yeah. I mean, that, I was looking for like that experience of like. Are you still friends with any of your frat brothers? I and I've, I can count five of them that are actually. Wow, that's actually good a lot. That's good though. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, and they're the only ones that I talk to like the whole time anyway. But yeah, like, <laughs> uh, yeah, like you know, there's there's definitely five of them that I still keep in touch with. Um, some of I think one of them is a uh, particularly a. a uh, 
you know, extraordinary individual who, uh, you know, at a certain points so like kind of loses touch with reality sometimes, but it's like, he's, he's doing his freaking thing. You I know? feel and like I love all the most doing. like crazy genius people do like they you have you, to. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's part of being an artist or it's part of being really successful at what you do. It's, you can't believe in the norm all the time or you become the norm. You have to step outside of what society says is acceptable. Yeah. He, he ended up moving out to Taylor, Telluride and I went to visit him one What's time. What's that? Telluride, Colorado. It's okay. a beautiful, very expensive, but very beautiful uh, village out in uh, just the mountains, the deep mountain. Uh, you know, it's, it's in the 13,000, you know, footer territory. And um, like Oprah has a house out there. It's a lot of celebrities that have houses up there, actually. And uh, my buddy, he was just working as like a a uh, yoga teacher and a, uh, what is it, the operator for the... Conductor, the, the, the you know what are those the I'm train, sorry. the train, not the train, no oh. the the thing that the rail, the, oh the ski lifts, the ski lifts, yeah. <laughs> Duh. There's like a tram Operator? or something like that is the word. Yeah, he would just he was just operating like working there, and he got subsidized housing. Yeah, because it was so expensive to live there that yeah. they needed people to work. And <laughs> yeah, you know. like, we'll let you live here for free. Please just work. Yeah, so I went to go crash them for a few days. I was a whole trek, just nothing's going on, like whatever. Uh, and then we did like this whole hot spring, uh, like cold water, hot water. And he got me into like a lot of like movement culture and, and just like it was a transformation of like, you know, the body and mind body kind of type of like connection and realization. OK, so I want to ask you a question. So you've talked a lot about like finding your identity and it. I don't think you ever stop figuring out who you are as a person. But right now where you are in your journey comparatively to like high school, you like what do you think you discovered about who you are? That's a good question. I feel like that's the theme of the, <laughs> like, who are you? Like, who are we? Um, and I think uh, it, it does get tied in uh, sometimes like traumas in our lives and like tough to sit, things that happen in our childhood do affect a lot of what we, you know, end up becoming uh, or, or, or trying to be <laughs> yeah. uh, what we try to make up for a lot of times, you know? So, and in, in when I left El Paso for good, cause I had, there was a lot of friction at home and there was definitely like you know there's mental health issues with like my bat my dad that was just like very difficult for me to like stay in and and honestly like a big part of it that's why i threw myself into the church so heavily and like i was like a worship leader i was like trying to find an escape literally that was my escape yeah Yeah, i mean that was my it it really gave me like that spiritual thing like oh just give it to jesus you know yeah and i don't mean to like disrespect anybody who's in like organized, uh, religion. organized religion sometimes particularly with large mega churches uh you see exploitation of labor and sure. you see like a lot of it's it's like labor abuse like yeah i'm just gonna call it what that is oh yeah i mean i was spending i'm a teenager spending 25 to 30 hours at the church <laughs> like every week you know uh, oh, i did that yeah. but i got paid <laughs> so you, oh, you <laughs> had better managers did you not agents. get paid no yeah. i was volunteer oh yeah no oh. i was all volunteers i had great uh representation uh you know they worked got me the deal i got paid for years i got paid oh even see. if i didn't do anything for Amazing. real yeah what were you supposed to be doing for them media stuff <laughs> okay <laughs> well, hey. sometimes i just play xbox and i still get paid that day so nice Dang. no yeah. well the lord provides that's right the lord won't he do it provide. <laughs> yeah. provide. i just had really good people representing me you know so, so, who is representing you your parents my agents and managers and no i don't know who some <laughs> people would come like hey we need you to help out with this uh and i'm like well i need money and they're like all right well we can uh pay you this much and i love how frank you are i love how most people are like 
oh yeah, I'd love to help. And then they're like, and you're like, I need money. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, got, I had a cell phone I had to pay for, you know what I mean? Yeah. Had, that was my bill. <laughs> How old were you? Like, I started when I was 15, so. Oh, wow. Sophomore, I guess. Okay, yeah. Okay. I mean, hey, I mean, that's, I'm, I'm glad that you had a church that actually was like communicative and was down with that. Yeah. I, I had my own little mailbox, too. It was really nice. Aww. I'm so sorry about your terrible experience of being yeah. a slave labor. Uh, kind of. No, it got worse one. I'll, I'll share a quick <laughs> one here. I got a quick one. This is a funny one that I've always wanted to oh, yeah. share on a podcast. It, it was the, the time that I actually got demoted from being the worship leader. <laughs> What'd you do? Okay, check us out. So it was actually, we were doing a youth conference. Slept with somebody in the green room. Anyways, no, go ahead. No, I, 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 I lost that um, at 18. So, but uh, <laughs> anyway, um, I was, it was a uh, youth conference week and it was actually the day that Michael Jackson died. Right. I think okay. It was July 25th. Uh oh nine or ten something okay. like that I think it was 2010, um and um he's been dead that long dude yeah no, wow it's been, yeah, it's been a minute it's fifteen almost yeah twelve years now three uh, fourteen years so um there was a certain part of the song that we were doing and, you know it's like damn he died okay and then uh I just realized like I was just listening to some of the music right and like beat it goes on. And it's just all realized. Okay, this is all just like a one four. It's like a two chord like progression. Yeah. yeah. And then there was a guitar solo uh, during one of our praise songs, right? And I'm like, wait, this is like the same interval uh, progression. So instead of a guitar solo, y'all, we're gonna play the beat it riff. Okay. How and long is it? Is it like a thirty second? It was a it was a Hillsong song. <laughs> it's called Break Free. And then, uh, just the remix, yeah. We just did like a, yeah. during the bridge to the guitar yeah. solo. It's like, Jesus, your love never ends. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you would think people would love that. I would scream if I was in church and heard that. <laughs> it was like, oh, I mean, it was dope. Like, and I, I like, you know. Led that like I we did that in the rehearsal. I taught everybody in the riff, and I was like, "Yo!" And everybody I, was excited about it. Everyone was behind it, and, and to a degree, and then but to the, a degree, <laughs> I think I would say, "Well, yeah." And uh, you know, I felt like that was a really good moment from in my where I discovered my creative potential. Right? Yeah. Uh, but then uh, the the senior pastor, the main pastor, hated it. <gasps> he was so pissed off, and literally, like the next day. It's like, hey, you're not, you're no longer the musical director. Like, you can't run the practices anymore. And and they kind of like shamed me about like having my heart in the wrong place. Like, you know what, what? though, you were just you were you were uh, ahead of the game because if you did that today, people would love it. They're oh. doing all sorts of mashups and stuff in oh, churches yeah. now. Apparently, and, Dude, have y'all seen that like meme or video that's going around? And it's like the choir, and it's like it's getting hot in here. Yeah, so oh, take gosh. off all your clothes. I mean, yeah. the cringe. Is- <laughs> um, I don't think that's cringy. If that was my congregation, I'd be like, yeah. Okay, all right. I, I guess I just have a little bit of a yeah. There's some tradition. Uh, yeah, right. There's, 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 there's some reservation. Yeah, yeah. That I have you need to some, do some shadow work around that. I guess so. Man. Yeah, <laughs> right. My, my no, I've you know I've I have come to terms of um, you know forgiving God, although I had nothing to, for, to forgive per se, but yeah. it was just more understanding that that was more of a uh, you know corporate institution, right? It's a people yeah. thing. <laughs> and I want to yeah. encourage you too. I have been in many places in my life where I've gotten demoted or fired that I always ask, like, hey, why is this happening? And they're like, you're not a culture fit, you know. And I just feel like it's one of those moments mm. where they're like. 
basically you're not doing the things that we think you should be doing, even though you're not doing anything particularly wrong, but it doesn't fit with what we're doing. And I genuinely believe that when you get pushed out of those situations, it's only because like that's not your real community of people. And it is a step in the right direction for you, even if it feels like your heart's getting ripped out of your chest. Oh, man. And then you do anything you can to like oh, yeah. fit and be, no, wait, I need my, I need to be in the yeah. something. And so, I mean, that was, that's, so that's that whole process of like, you know, defining really like who you are. Right. Yeah. And when it comes down to it now, 10, 15 years later. Uh, you realize it's, uh, I, I mean, as, at 30 years old, I guess I could definitely say now it's like, it's all about being comfortable in your own skin and realizing like, Hey, like it doesn't matter what goes on and, and what I do or who I am or like who I am in regards to like the value to others. I'm a valuable person. Like it yeah. doesn't like even, even especially with like art and the creativity stuff, you know, like I would say like, I'm definitely in more known in town for like the tech side of things than like my art creative stuff i would say at least when people hire me for stuff um and it's just like that there's been so many situations where i've seen that people like tie their self-worth to their craft or to their what their output is yeah you know like um i mean one situation that happened is like this ex-friend of mine um I've had a couple of ex friends. Lately. I was literally talking about a new ex friend today. <laughs> I was like, um, eh. was a friend from college, and we were doing this project for the AT and T Performing Arts Center. Actually, at this for the elevator project, right? And this is really oh, cool, okay. immersive projection. Like we did floor and, and wall projection. It was a really cool project, and it it went off, and we did it great. But um, you know, I definitely having a, also a music background, but more strongly in in music production. Because uh, I did work as a producer for like a good three years, like last year of college for an extra couple of years, like producer DJ. I tried that out in Dallas and did not really. <laughs> not your vibe. It just, I mean, maybe, you know, I just maybe was not in the right circle. But anyway, not to <laughs> stray too far, but the concept of what I'm trying to um, express here is that, you know, um, every sort of criticism that I made about the mixing or the music, like this dude took so much offense to that. Yeah. You know, and part of what was so helpful for me in the pandemic actually is because, uh, and it's like that blessing that came out of this crazy, like, show of what happened to everybody. We all went through crazy stuff, right? But I, for such a long time, I really like tied my value of like who I am to what I did and what I can, you know, what what's my talent that's special that makes me shine for or, or can, you know, people like, you know, respect me for. Uh, but when everything shut down, I mean, my entire income source, like my main way of like, I mean, like just expression for creativity, like, uh, like doing like projection mapping shows or visuals like at the time. Yeah. I was doing a lot of VJing and um, like projection stuff and, and uh, like, and uh, you know, DJing once in a while, but that all shut down and I'm just like, what do I do? Who am what, I? Who? What the yeah. heck is going on? Like, how? Who am I? You know, and and it really, really pushed down. Also, did like a nice uh, escape of like LSD, like some microdosing, like <laughs> a month of just microdosing. I think I was like yeah. six weeks. Uh, so it was like you take a ten micrograms. I, I was like very, very specific about it. Like, uh, basically, I, I took uh, thirty milligrams of. Uh, sorry, milliliters of distilled water and 10 milliliters of vodka. 
and then I put one oh, wow. one drop of acid. So then, damn, this is like a witch's potion. Yeah, well, it, it's real helpful because uh, then you and you do it. You put the vodka because it helps prevent uh, any bacteria or anything from growing in there, oh, right? Man. And so you, you let it like dilute for a day, and then you get like one of those like syringes, uh, and then you get just uh, since there's forty total in there, that means you can divide that that liquid. It's it's already split into four. Okay. So I would just take out ten milliliters. Because the LSD is already dissolved in all the liquid, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just a really exact like dosage of uh, like Doctor John. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I would take it one day, rest two days, and yeah. then take it one day, rest two days. I did that for about six weeks. I mean, oh. By weeks, by week six, my brain was like, "All right, dude, like, you enough. Stop doing <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm macro dosed. Uh, I do <laughs> four hundred milligrams of uh, caffeine every single day." <laughs> Oh, okay. uh, with vodka yeah. too, so because of the bacteria reason, <laughs> and uh, my brain, my whole body is like enough after you know twelve yeah. hours of that. I hear whiskey's a good mix on that one. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right. Sometimes I have to change it up because the body gets immune to it. You know, okay. <laughs> you never can let the know Bourbon. the body know where where you're going next. Yeah. So no man, yeah. So um, that that was a big uh, shift in there, and you realize, hey man, like once you really accept like your value for yourself just because I am a person yeah, and I'm worth my own existence and yeah. it's not tied to what I do. Like there's, right. some, there's just some people out there like they're super successful at what they do, but it's like, and I tried actually I conversed with someone. I'm not, I can't be naming names here, but like <laughs> this uh, person, Bob Barker, but sure. Uh, Mark Cuban. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Blacklist me already. Right. <laughs> no, uh, but um, like very, very successful in your career. And I, but Karen was like talking to her about this concept exactly. Yeah. And it's like, but like I just saw like literally like like no. Yeah, yeah. Didn't make sense. It, to her it just did not cross. It just bounced right off because it's her identity is literally everything. That she so does. attached. Yeah. It's so married to it, and you know what? Um, that is like a very important feature for very highly successful successful people. Yeah. Um, but mental health. I think that would affect your. Well, imagine this: imagine being a cyclist, right? And then you get hit by a car or something, Mm -hmm. and uh, you lose your legs. Who are you at that point? You have to be something more than that. A pro athlete that got injured now you can't play. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, and I think a lot of people in this day and age, uh, your whole identity is tied. You know, you got to find your niche, and you got to be your niche, and you got to do all that stuff. Uh, To me, the way I look at it, if tomorrow I lost my voice, I'd still figure out some way to do something creatively. Like I, I still have all this stuff in my head. I got to get out. So this doesn't define me. This is just one aspect of what I enjoy doing. And uh, if I, like I said, t- tomorrow I lost my voice, I would figure out something else. I'd be a comic book artist or something. I'd learn how to draw. I'd figure out a way to continue to create things and do things if, if need be. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. interesting. I have a friend named Champagne and uh, oh, I know I was, her. Yeah. That's he knows cool. her. <laughs> yeah. She's a dope individual. She is. So I was telling her, I was like, yeah, I've decided that for who I am uh, as a person, I'm going to let people call me this or go by this. And then for my artist persona, I'm going to go by creator jewels. And she was like, that's not the most like artist definition of multiple personality disorder that I've ever heard. (laughs) But I do think it's really important to create those separations because as I was kind of going through my career, I realized I was getting attached to what I did and that was like a big form of my identity. 2020 happened. My business did not, we had a contract with the Virgin Hotels. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Three days before that event was supposed to go off, everything shut down. Like March 15th. 
Oh, it was the awful. Ides of March. Oh, it was the Ides of March. It's yeah. Good. yeah. Well, and we were <laughs> so, pivoting into being an events company, and so we had to pivot back to digital marketing, and it really mm. crushed me because I got burnt out. And then by the end of the year, it was just like it wasn't happening because everybody was lowering their prices, and I didn't want to lower my prices. It was like I learned a lot from that year, but mostly it sent me into this huge identity crisis because there was a lot of people around me that I thought were my friends that I thought – oh, my identity can be supported by these people because these people know that I'm kind, that I'm loving, and like all the things that I know about myself. But when the business didn't go the way that I wanted it to, mm. they all ditched. And then some of them even like went off on me and like said I was a horrible person and all these things and just like basically took out everything that they were feeling probably about themselves or about the world where it was at just on me. And I've had that happen not a lot, but enough to where I've realized I'm like, you know what? I have to be so strong in myself. Like recently I had somebody like they got found out that they were talking back behind my back and uh, in front of me, they were like apologizing and all this stuff. And I was like, look, I know my character. I know who I am and I'm not going to allow people to, uh, make me feel bad about who I am or how I do it because this is my unique path in life. And uh, I know I'm a collection of all of my greatest victories and failures. And I think that there is a solid foundation in that. And I will say this too. My mom is one of the most strongest women ever because <laughs> if I didn't have her, especially going through this last breakup I went through, mm -hmm. I don't know where I'd be. Hey, if I didn't have my mom this past week to help me get settled in my new part <laughs> loft, I don't know where the hell I'd be right now either. Yeah. To our moms. Yes. <sighs> to our moms. Yes. Cheers. Cheers. Yes. Michael? Uh, I don't like my mom. Uh, <laughs> to your just, grandma, I, maybe? I, no, I don't like them either. I don't like oh, them. fudge. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> to your MILFs, right? Yeah, yeah oh, to right. the MILFs. <laughs> the MILFs, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll drink to that. <laughs> um, before we wrap up sure. I, there's so many things i want to ask you i want to talk about your creative stuff but we'll have to have you back that's really what it comes yeah. down to this was just uh, like the season like a, two you can part. show up uh, i like yeah. that i like or we don't we can do it uh without having uh, being in the studio we can just go out to get uh, food or something one day well, yeah, we I'd could be friends i don't know about that let's, let's not do all that <laughs> oh sorry uh, acquaintances be, are fine you can be our subordinate yeah yeah you can just kind of <laughs> hang out or whatever and uh, acquaintances that's fine but i want to know i see that you're wearing your uniform i see that you went to nasa uh did you go to space or what was uh no how I, was that like i did not but oh so um, it's stolen valor is what you're saying however oh in september i'm actually going to be going to dc uh to work with art tech house and uh nasa for i don't know if you ever heard of art tech house it's this really incredible immersive projection and multimedia museum that's in dc new york and miami i was working for them a lot last year that's awesome. where i really took my skills of interactive multimedia projection which we can get into next time <laughs> um, i want to get into it right so now I'm, but we don't have time i'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I got a little late here but um no no it's not your fault and so uh but uh yeah we're they're uh bringing uh, they've been working on a um collaboration with nasa using the james webb images and we're gonna oh be, how cool we've been you know, I'm going to go in there and build, help build their, uh, you know, be part of their, like the junior system engineer. Nice. For the, for the, the next build out, the next installation. So it's like, I mean, it's like, think like, yeah, the Van Gogh, except actually cool and yeah. like really, really high quality. I mean, they're definitely like, I, in my opinion, leading the industry uh, in the United States as far as like immersive projection museum i love what they're the most excellent people like they're badasses all of them man and I, so 
and then we get to do a NASA project. Like, yeah. It. So you're roasting him about NASA. He's actually working with NASA. Yeah, actually, like, well, I thought he was gonna say, I thought he was gonna say, like, oh, uh, action December. I'm, I spent two hundred fifty thousand dollars to go in this uh, container in the bottom of the ocean to do something with NASA or something. I thought that you're gonna say it. I'm like, please don't do that. Yeah, I don't need We've already found out that one time that doesn't work. Yeah, I, I love all the memes I've been seeing. Is that bad of me? No, 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 no. 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 It's hilarious because yeah. regular people like us wouldn't do it, no matter yeah. what. We saw the red flags. And so do these people. They just ran right through it. So it's kind of like I, a. I, I bet you those people got is. into like heavy crypto also. Like oh, yeah. towards the end, right? Yeah. Like they're the ones that like bought Bitcoin like right before the big dump. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. All right. Social media where we can see your stuff. Because you're. We, I don't even think we talked about exactly what you do. You're a visual artist, right? So yes. explain in 30 seconds, what do you mean by a visual artist? A interactive multimedia designer, which means I work all sorts of things that are real-time video processing, and uh, it's like a, a, a mix of coding and video. Coding? Uh, Tactics, yes. Like oh. Node-based coding. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. So all this, all these tools and stuff, like it's, it's digital signal processing. Yeah. So, uh, and it's really cool. Like I really, I love this because it's like a really cool connection between audio and visual. Because yeah. if you go look to the science of it, um, audio processing works exact same way as video processing. The only difference is you have like a, a spectrum of Hertz versus RGB. Yeah. Right. Dude. But all the effects like right phasers now. and like delays and stuff like feedback, like that's all video effects as well. That's yeah. super cool. So it's a, it's a, it's a really cool, uh, unison there that, um, I will uh, artistically expand on some other time. What's your nice. Instagram? Jolie.dfx. That's J-O-L-I dot D-F-X. J-O-L-I D-F-X. J-O-L-I. Yeah. J-O-L-I. Oh, I got it right here. Dot D-F-X. Now, Jolly Disc. Is anybody else's Instagram down and has been down for like two or three days? Not mine. Nah, I'm I've, up and running, baby. I've definitely been on those. Yeah. I mean, I think ever since I downloaded Threads, uh, my Instagram, uh, I can't load anything on it. I mean, I can post, but I can't load anything. So anyway. I think they're just trying. The universe is trying to tell you that you're a Threads man now. I am. I have. I've. I threaded so much. I have a blanket. Um, uh, <laughs> that was so bad. I should have said quilt. That's where I messed up. The quilt. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I should have said or a quilt. kilt. A kilt. I should have uh, said that. Yeah. <laughs> Got so many threads. I made myself a kilt. Or I should have. It should have been a betting <laughs> joke, like a uh, like a thread count type thing. I should have done that. Oh, that's three hundred man. Or yeah, no, that's no less than three hundred on my 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 threads here. Five hundred plus. You oh, know, sh- okay. silk sheets right. only, baby. You know what's yeah. great? I'll tell you this, and we'll we'll head out. But uh, <laughs> so I broke my leg in a tragic scooter accident in 2018, uh, and I got a hospital blanket that I still use today. Aww. And that's, I don't know what thread count that is, but so I took it home. To Branky. I took it home because I've nursed it. I mean, first off, I paid a lot of money to get this leg fixed. So I took <laughs> oh, the blanket. Also, that blanket was probably, what, $2,000? Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, they charged it. So I, I bought it. So uh, I'm going to use it. So I still use it today. Jeez. I'm surprised you haven't given it to your cat. No, he's not allowed to touch it. <laughs> so. Oh, no, man. Those kitties. That's man. a prize piece of merch right there. That's right. It's going to be sold one day for millions. Well, thank you so much for coming. I can't wait for part two because I really, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a techie as well. And I love like all the, the Oh, yeah. We didn't even touch stuff. that. I, I guess, we, uh, uh, you know. But now we know who you are Jules and what you and I are. I have a certain connection of, of yeah. life things that we just well, jumped into things. here. Well, we got that, uh, that first part done. Like we know who you are now. And yeah, now and that's we get what to, we were trying to talk about. Right. who you really are, not what you do. So, And now, next time, we talk about what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm down. Well, thank you so thank much, man. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. Alrighty, thank you.